I'm Sunderland till I dry. It's raining black cats off and dogs on, but the wind of change is whipping. Whatever. This is the Totally Football League show. Welcome to the show which sees Pompey six clear with a Sunderland washout and Campbell already in the soup on his return at the MAC. Those some of the headlines from the weekend, but we have our very own headline writers, the often published Sam of the Football League paper parking. Good morning. What page are you on in the Football League paper this week? Didn't make the cut. Oh. Next up, writer to the stars. How many letters have you sent to Russell Grant, Adrian Clark? <laughs> oh, in my life? Oh, so many. Are you, a, hang on, Sagittarius? No. I mean, I could just look you up on Wikipedia or we could just go and play this game for the next five minutes. No. What are you? Uh, Libra. Oh, like me. We didn't celebrate Adrian's birthday. We didn't celebrate mine, but don't worry about that. I'm not bitter. Uh, And he doesn't write, he doesn't call, but sometimes he turns up from William Hill, Joe Crilly. Hello. You've decided to turn up in the week that Bolton are very much Bolton. Yeah. Uh, Mm. They've been very much Bolton for the last few weeks, actually. uh... What is going... The money, we believe, has been paid... I was uh, reading a statement from Ken Anderson saying he's reached an agreement with the Professional Footballers Association to pay the club's November wages. They called in the union last week, didn't they? Your sense as a Bolton fan of what's going on, when it will stabilise, will it stabilise? In the, in the past, we've, we've talked about it on more than one occasion, sadly this season. In the past, we, we've not been sure whether he's been a bit of a wide boy mm. or whether there are actually cash flow issues at Bolton. It's now becoming apparent that there's no money there. And rather worryingly, we've got to give, I say we, rather worryingly, Bolton have to pay a million quid to Forest Green for Christian Doidge in, in January. So that's not ideal. Do you think they'll make it to the end of the season? My gut says yes. But every day just brings a, a new worrying story. And and the likelihood is uh, some of the assets that Bolton have uh, in terms of decent players uh, will go and, and Bolton will end up playing with an under-23 squad for the second half of the season. And, and it's a situation kind of like Leighton Orient a couple of years ago when they went down and they played a youth team for the second half of the season. Mm. And it took them so long to recover because the, the young players just get their confidence knocked out of them uh, at that early stage. And I think that is what will happen uh, at Bolton unless a buyer is found quickly. And, and Ken Anderson has said in the last few weeks that there are bids on the table, but they haven't been able to provide the... Kind of reassurances? Or yeah, the... so the, the reassurance that they have enough money to invest. So all the while we've got these bids hanging over the club, but the fans are, are pretty much in the dark. And, and the fact that the PFA paid half of the wages suggests that the club can't afford to pay the full amount of wages. We are going to return to the subject of, of Bolton in a bit because um, there's, there's a few other stories, particularly surrounding their manager and where he might go as well. Still very much in the job field, Parkinson, but linked to other clubs today. It is a Tuesday as we record this at the Totally Show. For anything you want to say to, thank you to everyone that's, that's put questions in so far. Um, most surrounding whether you've ever been at an abandoned game. Already I have discovered uh, that Joe has been at an abandoned game. And these are just such teases that you want to listen to the rest of the show about, and, and one involving Lightning and Sam. Good. You're listening to the Totally Football League show in association with William Hill. For all the latest odds in the footballing world, check out williamhill.com or download the app. And if you don't spot something you fancy, why not tweet at William Hill using the hashtag odds for your very own personalised bet. 18 plus only, be gambleaware.org, and when the fun stops, stop. 
On we go, a weekend of four managers making league debuts. We will talk to Reading's Dave Edwards about who might replace Paul Clement later in the show. But it's the championship we head first. Norwich still top, although troubled Bolton made it tough for them in the 3-2 win. Roof hit his ninth and tenth as Leeds came from behind to beat QPR. Their second derby third, they beat Wigan 1-0. Nottingham Forest seven-game unbeaten run over, while Swansea ended a run of three straight defeats, beating Brentford. Sub, a sombre longer, Brit, rescued a 1-1 draw for Middlesbrough against Blackburn and Ipswich remain rooted to the bottom. Paul Lambert still waiting for his first win in charge. Do you want to go the happiness that is Kamar Roof hitting his ninth and tenth? Well, against QPR? No, I don't at all. <laughs> um, yeah, first penalty in 368 games or whatever it was for, for Leeds. That's an amazing stat, isn't it? I think 59 mm. Games, he's looking tremendous. Loads of opportunities he had to probably get more than just the brace. A little bit surprised at QPR. They sat in a bit. They've been in good good form. I think they made it quite easy for Leeds. And it's just those injury problems, continuation really for um, Marcelo Bielsa. Defensively now. So Calvin Phillips playing as a as a centre-half. Shackleton by all accounts was fantastic down the, the right-hand side. So got all their attacking players back in doing the business but defensively a little bit short but another good gritty win like Norwich really real resilience from them and um, a nice cushion for the top two now both similar in that they've had to reshape a few things because of injuries as well but if the points per game can be maintained and Leeds should have enough to gain promotion back to the EPL so says the stat that says EPL in it which I want to just smack around the face with a big wet fish they've got a chance definitely uh, it's like a five and five isn't it because it was noticed where they had his five Five best attackers on the pitch, I guess, in terms of Hernandez, Saiz, Cleach, Alioski and Roof. So it feels as if with all those, I think there are four key defenders missing at the moment, feels like attack is going to be the best form of defence. So they're going to defend from the front, try and play on the front foot and, and protect those guys. It was a mistake, wasn't there, from Phillips for the for the QPR goal from a, from a longer ball. But yeah, the, these kids, these makeshift defenders are going to have to dig in, aren't they? On Kimar Roof, I did read, interestingly, that the contract talks have kind of been shelved with him. They're fearful that he's maybe looking to leave in the long term. Maybe maybe uh, Calvin Phillips as well. So so they want to tie them down to new contracts, but aren't agreeing anything with them. So so watch this space. I think for Leeds' sake, they, they would love to keep those two. They've been, uh, apparently need a, a new keeper too. There's talk of whether they'll go for um, Dollar at uh, Newcastle he's fallen out of favour a bit if we read Leeds we read Norwich too I mentioned some of the changes they've had to be the average age was something ridiculous like two of the back four for, for Norwich <laughs> at the weekend he's got the best out of these young players yeah he has and we spoke about Godfrey a lot last year at Shrewsbury he played as that one for Paul Hurst in front of the back four but he had to go a centre yeah. half at the weekend in place of closer I think it was that that was unavailable so they've been I think very important for Norwich defensively those two centre-halves and obviously Joe's Bolton managed to get a couple of goals. I don't know if he was directly involved in that Godfrey but maybe playing in a slightly unnatural position. But yeah, another young kid who was fantastic on loan in League One last year deserves his opportunity. Uh, a number of young players in there that we've spoken about so often on this show and it was Puki, the man. Again, what a brilliant controlled volley at that stage of the game. But, I mean, they've shown we shouldn't be surprised. How many times have they done that in, in recent weeks? Mm. Obviously, the Mill one. And Carroll Road looks to have, I don't know, just an expectancy, of course, for them to put a team like Bolton to the sword. But I don't know, that the celebrations, there's something special going on there. It's an old-school football stadium, and you see it going wild. It looks really raucous when they're getting these late goals. And 
they are in unbelievable form. Three, two. I love how you, you try to give Bolton some credit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I th- Bolton played very well in the second half and, and Norwich looked very nervous whether that was a, a result of the reshaped defence uh, once the first goal went in for Bolton. But it was great to come back with, with seconds left on the clock. That doesn't help when you're, you're hanging on and you lose your best player as well, Amiobi, down to 10 when yeah. they're going to be throwing the kitchen sink at you as well. And I think it was avoidable. Certainly the second booking, I think the, the Bolton covering player was going to get to the ball in front of Campwell, I think it was, but yeah, just couldn't manage to hold on. And now Norwich. he's out of the Leeds game as well. Yeah, what? That was a moment for you. <laughs> just chuck in a, a, a slight negative on Norwich, who, oh. who I think might be the Leicester of this year's championship. The, the, the momentum, the role, it reminds me of Leicester. I think they can can maintain it, but the, the negative. What Tim Krull? He's making he's spilling a few. I think that he obviously he's a big name, mm. and he is clearly a very good goalkeeper. But I don't think he's having a brilliant season. So, in this, in a strange way, there's a there's a few keeping spots. I think maybe up for grabs in the championship. We've talked about Villa, talked about Leeds, and I. Uh, I don't think they'll make the change, but it wouldn't surprise me that much if, if they did. See, the, the back, clearly an issue. I wonder whether you were going to talk about the fact Norwich have scored 12 goals in the last 10 minutes oh, of games. Well, yeah. That's got them 11 points too. So either that's a positive because they keep on going. 100% a positive. Uh, obviously, you can look at the way they're starting games and think, you know, need, need to get out of the traps a bit better. But... but you, <laughs> You want to finish strong. That's the most important time of the game. Um, that average age of the back four is 21 years and, and eight months, by the way. So uh, if, uh, very, very impressive. Maybe that explains slightly why they're conceding goals at the moment. But but for me, uh, Max Aaron's the right back. He's the, he's the one that I like the most. I think he's destined for the big time. And have any of you on your respective phone-ins had a Norwich fan call up and not mention the fact that Ipswich are bottom of the table as well? <laughs> it's not just the fans that are saying that. I've heard a few pundits, uh, Mr Chris Sutton, keep mentioning that that fact too every time he introduces a Norwich fan. That one was 3-2. Brentford 2, Swansea 3. They had those three straight defeats, Swansea, hadn't they? But for Brentford, again, struggling. Ian Westbrook has got in touch at the Totally Show. What do you think that Brentford should do? Should we stick with Thomas Frank, who's lost seven out of nine games in charge, or bring in someone new before the start of the transfer window, Adrian Clark? I think get rid. I just think that it's not really working. Sometimes... There were not, not that many signs. Obviously, they they launched a comeback, didn't they, in, in this game, which which I guess indicates that the players haven't thrown in the towel. But we were waxing lyrical about most of these players earlier on in the season. Mm. They haven't become bad players overnight. I, you just think something's not quite right there. I, I would be tempted to make the change because... They are hurtling towards the relegation zone, aren't they, Brentford? 18th, 22 points. Uh, Reading, who are 22nd, have got Mm. 18 points. Yeah, Yeah. just a four points. Well, I don't think all of us probably sat here earlier in the season said, almost pretty much said that that Brentford nailed on for the playoffs with their squad. And under Frank, they look like a relegation team. So sometimes you're just not cut out for it in terms of the the hot seat. And I would be pulling the trigger. I I don't know what Sam thinks. I'd love to disagree and have a passionate um, discussion, but no, I think I agree. I honestly do. I just think when you've been on this upward curve for so long, and I'm talking about the players there, really, the confidence that they've been playing with, and obviously they've had a lot to deal with off the pitch as well this season at Brentford, and the likes of Watkins and Sawyers were such high stock a few months ago, and Mm. I just think when you get in that decline, it's very difficult to snap out of it. I wouldn't be surprised if... I don't want to say lost the dressing room because I don't necessarily agree with that as a phrase, but you know, just some of the players have had their heads turned. 
potentially the Dean Smith link. I've said it already. I've, I think Watkins or Sawyers to Aston Villa would be a no-brainer from Villa's perspective. Yeah, I'm seeing a, a defence that's disorganised now. Uh, Mepham and Konza were so good. The, the youthfulness of those two, talking about them being, well, definitely being potential Premier League players. They're all over the place at the moment, Mepham with an own goal at the weekend. So my gut says a change would maybe um, appease the, the Brentford fans who are slightly disappointed at the moment. I don't know if you've got any odds on, on that, Joe, or odds on at least Brentford going down. I'll let you have a, a little look at that because it is at the moment a Brentford side that are struggling. Of the other results, Wigan nil, Derby won. Derby kind of remained better the rest they're in uh, fourth at the moment joint points with the Sheffield United 37 West Brom and Middlesbrough on 36 Nottingham Forest on 34 if the bottom's tight the top's still tight yeah definitely uh, it was a setback for Forest they they were expected to be a sort of depleted Preston side and look at the highlights of the game it looked like Lewis Graben was doing all the setting up for other people instead of the, being the one inside the box in this game let's give a little bit of credit here to Alex Neal he, he's a manager I've always rated since he sort of burst on the scene with Norwich. Obviously, he did well in Scotland before that. I think he's really smart. They've got a crippling injury list at the moment and they've taken 11 points from their last six games. Good game plan, apparently, um, at the City ground. Really negated those attacking midfielders that they love to get onto the ball. Easy goal for Malt. Tapped in by Lucas uh, and Metcher, who's someone we've not really talked about. He's on loan, isn't he, from Man City, I think. Hot prospect. I think he's done all right this year. He's not scoring loads, but mm. I think he is providing plenty for Preston. He's a he's a name to watch out for. I think the uh, you mentioned Alex Neil. Declan Rudd afterwards was talking about how good it felt to have Alex Neil put faith in him after the howler against Birmingham City, and he pulled off what three, four really good saves in in that one. And and certainly, as much as we talk about the goals at one end, he's the one that that kept Nottingham Forest. It, it's up. awkward, isn't it, for managers when when goalkeepers make. Uh, one bloop you don't want to hang them out to dry you give them a, you have to give them another chance don't you and especially when you've left the the, the first choice out when after you got sent off for the first doing something silly at Ipswich you don't want to keep chopping and changing I think he he, he stuck with him and, and it's up to Rudd now isn't it but as we've seen at Ipswich who keep chopping and changing their keepers you're only allowed really one off day as a keeper if you yeah. if you put two or three in you're out Reading then, the Royals say goodbye to Paul Clement, under-23s boss Scott Marshall, the interim manager for the moment. But before everyone else arrived in the studio today, I caught up with Reading's Dave Edwards to talk about the season so far. He's been out injured since pre-season, but is now back in training for the last couple of weeks at least. So has he got any idea who's coming in? To be honest, we haven't really heard a lot. Uh, only what you see in the media. Uh, and again, that, that's what usually happens. You don't usually get whether it's the CEO or the owners really telling you what their plans are. A bit of a waiting game from us, but we, we see bits and bobs in the media like everyone else. And Yeah, it was, Phil Parkinson's gone in as favourite today. I don't know if you saw that. Has he really? It was Louis Castro, wasn't it? Um, yeah. But I think he came out last night, I led to believe, saying he wasn't that interested. Phil Parkinson's obviously a, a huge fan's favourite here. Every time he comes here with Bolton, he gets a, a rapturous reception doing wonderful things at Bolton when you think of the things he's going through so he would be a shrewd appointment by the club but say I'm sure there's plenty of people who see this football club as a as a good club to come and manage a club that's really underperforming and that's the club from top to bottom we've definitely got a squad which should be fighting in the top half of the championship and if we get a man in who can who can just change the momentum around and get us winning games of football I'm sure we can really take off 
So you think this squad, the players you've got around you are good enough to stay up? Definitely. If, you, if you're looking at just quality in the dressing room, then 100%. Some of the players we've got here are, are technically really good. It's just about getting the blend right on the pitch, making sure that we are as efficient as we can be in terms of having the blend of sort of the, the legs in the team, the, the technic, technical ability in the team and winning games of football. We've had a treacherous 2018. It's been absolutely awful from start to finish and we went into the year on a, on a bad run and we haven't been able to, to get out of it at all. I don't think we won back-to-back games. We had poor results in pre-season um, and that's continued into this year as well. And I think you can sense the confidence of, of the places is quite low. And again, I don't mean just the players, I mean the fans. The, the stadium on Saturday was, was quite low. It was The attendance wasn't great. And that's understandable when, when they've been watching a team all year who hasn't performed to to their capabilities and not got the points on the board most importantly then you can see attendance has started to dwindle but the only way we can get them back and get them back on side is by producing on the pitch and getting results and every time we have got a win we haven't been able to follow it up and, and that's what we need to do because the championship is all about momentum either way when you're winning games you think you can beat anyone and when you're losing games you can't see how next win's coming from yeah, just I just wondered whether there might be a perhaps a thought of you going out on on loan as you get your match fitness back. What with your good mate Sam Ricketts being at Shrewsbury now as well. Yeah, well, with football, it's it's funny. Um, I had conversations with with the director of football, which was here, which is now subsequently left about what my plan might be. Um, and I say what we have got here is we've got a very big squad and. Although that sounds good in some respects in having the depth of if you get injuries and things, it can be counterproductive at times when you've got a lot of lads who um, who aren't playing and believe they should be playing. It can be difficult and I think the the club have come out already and so definitely Paul Clement did that the main aim in January is to reduce the size of the squad and then maybe just add little bits of quality. Um, with me having six months left of my contract, um, looking from the outside in, I would see an obvious one that that might be sent out on loan or or look to to go elsewhere. But I still feel I have a lot to offer the football club, and so I, I'm just enjoying training at the moment. I'll work my hardest to to get in the team, and then come January, if, if I'm told otherwise, uh, I'll continue to do that. And not trying to stitch you up, and I will let you go. But that sounds like <laughs> as much as you want to stay. Should you have to go, would Shrewsbury be an option? Yeah, well, a lot of things have to to happen, obviously. With Shrewsbury, I've made no secret of it's a club that I'd love to play for again. I was a huge fan of the football club when I was younger. Um, I went to watch them since I was six, seven years old. I played for the, the away supporters team in my teenage years. Um, never missed a game, home and away. So it's, it's, a, it's a club which I have a real close affinity to. But ultimately, they've, they've got to want me uh, when the time comes that I'm available to go. Um, I know they've got a very strong midfield at the moment there. It's probably their strongest point in their team. I obviously do know Sam really well, but he's got to concentrate on what's best for Shrewsbury. And if I fall into that category and it worked out for both parties, then then great. But very rarely does that happen, unfortunately. But it's definitely something which I would pursue if um, if the opportunity arose, definitely. Dave Edwards talking then about the club being in a bad way from top to bottom. So not just the fans feeling it, or not coming through the gates, but the atmosphere there too, needing to change everything in there. Phil Parkinson, sorry, 
<laughs> about this, Joe. But he, he speaks well of Phil Parkinson, the job that he's done at, at Bolton. Park, he's gone straight to the the top of who might come in. Would he be the right man for uh, Reading? Maybe, yeah. I I think he's a very good manager. Obviously, the link is there. Uh, they they've been rejected, haven't they, by the first choice uh, Castro, wasn't it? The, the guy in Portugal. This is pretty, did you see? I don't know why you'd be looking at his Wikipedia this morning, but his Wikipedia this morning it said uh, Louis Castro on the tenth of December, twenty eighteen, made the mistake of rejecting the opportunity to manage Reading <laughs> FC. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, it's obviously not appealing to him. It's just a bit of a mess behind the scenes, isn't yeah. it? They've had changes at, at boardroom level. I, I noticed that the sporting director's gone as well. Um, Gianluca and Nani, um, Nicky Hammond might come back. Now, if Nicky Hammond comes back, Phil Parkinson comes back, it'll be a bit like the old days, won't it? Maybe some of the fans might come back then. Get the band back together. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I mean, the empty seats, it, it felt like a reserve game or a checker trade trophy game, didn't it? At mm. times, it was really dead. It was echoey. Something needs to change. I know Scott Marshall, played with Scott Marshall many, many times for Arsenal, youth team and, and reserves. He's a great lad. He assisted uh, Paul Lambert at Villa. But I know he's a really good coach, but but yeah, he's he's just got his hands full at the moment. It was a really pretty limp performance, wasn't it, from Reading? No no, no threat on the Sheffield United no. goal. They need to make that change quick. Why why not Steve Bruce? Do we know? I know that he was at the head of the the betting or second in the betting. If only behind we Castro. knew someone that had the odds. I don't we'll, know. we'll get the latest from Joe on that. I don't just get a minute. Steve Bruce. What do you mean you don't get it? I don't know. He's just had a load of good players at Villa and couldn't mm. get a tune out of them. The noises seem to suggest if it's not going to be Vidal Castro, that it's going to be um, someone with a red in tie. That's yeah. what I'm reading into it, especially with the old chief exec so going think, back there. You genuinely think that Steve Bruce is is not up to it? I, don't, I wouldn't say he's not up to it, but I just think a freshness is needed at, at Reading. I think to get the connection back with the supporters, I think that's important. Heard A.D. Williams and um, I think Brian Howard was on with him actually on the, the local radio at the weekend and just saying that the, 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 the supporters are really low up. There's no passion there. There's no togetherness with the group. And I think to get someone with the old red and ties back, the successful period that they had under Coppel and Pardew would be the right way forward. I just think Steve Bruce has had that great opportunity at Villa. It's, it went a little bit sour towards the end, I think. So where does he go be... now, Steve Bruce? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you not think it's overblown, this whole ties I've always thought it's a bit of, bit of a nonsense, really. Well, why? Uh, but if you need an injection of something to make sure you stay up... Yeah. But it's what you do in the dressing room. It's how you deal with the players. It's the tactical decisions you make. None of that's got to do with what you've, who, whether you've been at that club before. I it's a he- hell of a lot easier uh, if you've got all the fans back in. Yeah. I suppose so any new manager would have a back in, wouldn't they? I, I, I guess I, I'm, I can draw the comparisons at the moment with South End, one of my former clubs, Chris Powell. You ain't going to get more love than Chris Powell at, at Roots Hall. It's not really working. It, it it can work, of course it can, but it works because they're good managers, not because they used to play for them. I, I just not, don't buy into it. That's why I think the Wally Downs to Wimbledon was a weird one. But but look, yeah, I, I just think Bruce Bruce would. I'd back Bruce to 100% keep them up. No problem. I, I, I'm, I suppose I'm just talking about whether you want stabilisation or you want a plan moving forward mm. and to, to excite people. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Steve Bruce would organise and keep them in the division. But if you're talking about a plan for the future to galvanise a fan base, I think they'd want something fresh, Mr Castro or, um, or whoever, or someone that's been at the club and, and knows what it's about. Where are they going then, Joe? Well, Phil Parkinson is the favourite. Uh, he's 8-11 to 11 and personally I'd like to see him 
given the opportunity to do something without having his both of his hands tied behind his back. I think he's done brilliantly at Bolton Wanderers, which is evidenced by the fact that he's the longest-serving manager there since Sam Allardyce. That's so. Bolton done then, isn't it, if he walks out? I imagine so, because I, I, I can't see them being able to attract anybody. I think the youth team coaches, who have done a good job in the past when they've come in for Neil Lennon, Owen Coyle, Dougie Friedman, Jimmy Phillips and David Lee, they've always done a good job with the club and they know the youth setup, so they know the players that are coming through. Um, whether one of those would finally get the job on a permanent basis, but I certainly can't see any manager coming with the prospect of not being paid. Uh, but back to Reading, we've got Luis Castro's the second favourite. That's just a result of, of the fact that he was favourite and his odds are now drifting considerably. Then Steve Bruce at 8-1. to one. And looking down the list, a couple of names that have been mentioned. Uh, Graham Murty, 20-1. to one. Alan Pardew, 25s. Brentford relegation. I cruelly threw that at you. Uh, they are uh, twenty-five to one to go down. And uh, Leeds still more certain for promotion than Norwich, based on that, as we were saying earlier about the stats and and if they stay as they are now, maintain that points per game, they're up. Well, Leeds are favourites to win the division. They're seven to four, uh, with Norwich eleven to four. And with regards to promotion, uh, both odds on Leeds four to seven, Norwich four to five. League One is where you find us next. Listeners, Christmas is just around the corner, which means loads of football and, courtesy of our friends at Beer 52, lots of craft beer. Beer 52 is the largest craft beer club on the planet. They search out exclusive small batch booze from the world's greatest breweries and bring them back for their members. This month, Beer 52 is offering up a selection of Bristol's finest light and dark beers, such as Firebrand's juicy 5.5% New England IPA, the hazy and hoppy Kellner Pilsner from Lost and Grounded, and Harbour's citrusy Ellensburg Session IPA. If that all sounds like your type of thing, sign up now at beer52.com league and you'll get eight spectacular craft beers, some delicious bar snacks and Beer 52's award-winning magazine Ferment. All you have to do is pay £5.95 for next day delivery and if you decide that after this free taster that the club isn't for you, there's no catch. You can leave Beer 52 at any time. Just head to beer52.com league and enter the offer code league to claim your free case today. That's beer52.com L-E-A-G-U-E. Portsmouth extended their lead at the top to six following a win over Southend, while second place Sunderland's game at Accrington was abandoned after 73 minutes because of the rain. Wally Downs claimed a point in his first game in charge of AFC Wimbledon in the Derby Walsall's. Luke Lee scored in the 91st and 94th minute as they beat Coventry 2-1. Some great results within this, one that didn't quite happen, the Accrington party, the biggest gate. Um, Ed writes, apologies as usual for ignorance of playing careers, doesn't stop me, but have Adrian or Sam got amusing stories about when games have been abandoned owing to the weather? Or maybe the lightning during training, Sam? I can't recall ever having a game called off like what occurred at the Wham Stadium at the, the, the weekend. I'd like to have been involved in one of them when the ball's not moving, everyone's flying in. No, I remember the lightning striking in training on a number of occasions at Harlington, Chelsea's training ground over by Heathrow, hitting the rugby posts and everyone running in uh, to much amusement. Exeter turning up for games a lot and there being a deluge pre-match and going out just prior to three o'clock and the game being off and he had a a tough job there, the groundsman at Exeter, because when it rained in Devon, yeah, mm. there was no there was no football. Were you saying to the officials, to the manager, oh, no, that, we were saying that's not running No, true. we're saying get it on because Paul Tisdale used to take us to Woodbury Common, is it, where Nigel Mansell has got his hotel. And we used to do the most hellish runs there of all time. I used to run with Danny, Danny Butterfield, one of the other senior statesmen, and we just used to 
cane him the whole way around Paul Tisdale and he'd be on the finish line with his stopwatch and we'd just get over there and just unleash a torrent <laughs> in his direction <laughs> uh, I've been fogged off before yeah I've had it I had games abandoned um, yeah the fog descended couldn't, couldn't see couldn't see really t- 20 yards you know ahead of us so so there's no argument there. I've had a del- match delayed by about 15 minutes as well before for hailstones that was, that was scary. I mean, that's the worst. You talk about the worst. I mean, I always hate, footballers hate playing the wind. That's the worst condition, I think, because it just, just makes it ugly. But you try playing in hailstones, it's, uh, well, it's impossible. And uh, yeah, we, we legged it for the dressing room, probably before the referee actually told us to. But yeah, that's, that's the only two I can remember. But that was definitely right to, definitely right to call that one off. Yeah, interesting though, uh, in our regular Andy Holt stop, that he's talked this week, he's asked about what the price is going to be for when they play the game again. It says, as a day out, we're one of the cheapest in the league. We don't get 30,000 fans a week in reference to, to Sunderland or parachute payments without cut runs or selling players. Our model does not work. Fortunately, we've done both this year. I'm not setting precedence with half price replays. No, I mean, it still costs some money, doesn't it, to put the game on? Uh, that's that's the thing. And I, I, I understand completely. I think others yeah. pointing out the fact that happened uh, Luton York could, could, and, and they were free to get could, in could they the do let's just chuck something out there could they do what what Leicester did recently and, and just give them a free pie and a pint or something like that just some kind of gesture maybe I'm not saying like obviously pay for your ticket yeah, every penny counts, doesn't it, for a club like Ackman? That's if, the point. But, every penny counts. But, is... Yeah, but yeah, maybe just just offer up something for for the fans that that can prove that they came to both games. They bring the original ticket, mm. get a free burger or something like that. I guess the other argument is they don't have to go. Sunderland's ticket allocation for Blackpool, on a separate side note, though, Joe is is what forty two thousand or something ridiculous. Yeah, uh, it was it was a WhatsApp message that I received from one of my uh, Bolton. Supporting mates who said, uh, who said, oh, always look on the, the bright side. Sunderland are going to have more fans at Blackpool than Blackpool were. I think they've got eight, 7, around about 8,000. 8, yeah. 7,800, yeah, for the New Year's Day match, which it's incredible. The noise will be there at least. And again, it's about putting that money through the gate, I suppose. On from that, we're going to talk Charlton next. So recording this on Tuesday, Portsmouth, Charlton tonight. And if you're off to the Valley, either Saturday the 15th or Saturday the 22nd, then apart from the, the hat, the scarf, the gloves that you might be needing, it's always a little bit chilly down there. Great ground. Fantastic pub, Joe Critty, just outside as you come out at Charlton. Yeah, love it. Good. That's the right answer. Uh, you should also bring along some food to donate to the Fan Supporting Food Bank's cause lifelong Charlton fan and founder of fan supporting food banks London Samuel Spong joins us now hiya Samuel hi there thanks for having me our pleasure tell us what we need to bring along then and and what's it's all about so we're asking Charlton fans to bring along as many items as they can of non-perishable food to donate outside the valley um, in the West End car park and the idea is to really utilize the collective power and collective action of football fans to drive up donations for Greenwich food banks this is something that's been done with other clubs before hasn't it Yes, and they have a really successful project going on in Liverpool. At the Derby uh, last week, they had uh, a huge amount of uh, food donations. It's Liverpool and Everton fans have got together uh, and they use the motto, hunger doesn't wear colours. And they, they put a van outside Anfield or Goodison Park on alternative weeks at the home game and have really, really strong support from the local community. And they've also taken it over to Manchester and um, have taken it to Manchester United as well. And again, they've received a huge amount of um, of support. They didn't have anything going on in London, so I offered to kind of step up and uh, offer a partnership with Charlton Athletic, who've always had a really strong history of community work. And I mm. thought it would be quite a natural partner to do this with. 
Have you got any sense of, of how many people might need some help, some support over this time? Yes. So given the rollout of universal credit has really increased the demands for food banks uh, this Christmas. So we need five tons more food than we would normally need at Christmas time. Yes. Um, and there's been a 20 percent increase across the country of the needs for uh, food banks because of universal credit. Oh, yeah, that is horrendous. Regardless of your political leanings and, and your views on universal credit, for the club to be doing something like this and for you to be doing something like this, Samuel, what sort of impact do you think you'll be able to make then? I, th- I think um, it's, it's collective action and I think we're going to have a, a really big impact. Um, Charlton fans, I, I truly believe in football fans. I know they get a lot of bad stick, especially after this weekend, but I truly believe in the community values of football fans. They are, tend to be people that care about their local area and care about their community. And I, I mean, I support in the lower league team. I know no one goes and watches a nil-nil against Rochdale in December if they don't really think it's part of something a bit more. Mm. So I have a huge amount of faith in football fans that they'll get involved. They always tend to do so. And I think they can kind of use their collective, you know, thousands of people going into one area every weekend. That That's only something that football can do. Um, and I think we can utilise that and kind of intersect it with activism. Samuel, it's a great thing that you're doing and I'm sure that all the Charlton fans will get on board. As a fan base, you've been through the mill. I think that's um, we can safely say that. How is the, the the feeling amongst the supporters at the moment? I suppose Lee Bowyer's galvanised the squad and you're getting some positive results. Absolutely. It's been, it's been five years of political warfare at, at Charlton, which I don't think anybody's won out of. Um, but I think that the owners accepted that he's selling the club. He understands that it's been a mistake to buy the club and he's looking to sell. So that's really kind of set a new atmosphere this season. He's taken a back seat. He doesn't actually speak to Lee Bowyer. And, and it's really kind of letting us get on with it. And Charlton, the squad that we have this year, it's not a lack of quality, it's a lack of consistency. And I think every Charlton fan feels that if we can get a run going, we can really kind of challenge for maybe the top two is a bit far at the moment, but definitely playoffs. Samuel, um, we're going to let you go because Joe's going to give odds on Charlton in just a minute and you may or may not want to listen to those. But before I do, if people do want to bring food along, why wouldn't they? Tell us how they can do it and what they need to do. Bring a non-perishable food item in a, in a carrier bag. Tin food would be great. Bring it down to the West End car park on your way to the game. We'll be there from about 12 o'clock till kickoff. Please say hello and make yourself known and we'll be really grateful for anything that you can give. Thanks, Samuel. All the best of luck for it and thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, guys. Take care. Uh, Samuel Spong down at, at Charlton with those food banks. He mentioned about the community spirit there. We've seen it with Dulwich Hamlet, non-league club around there too, that have equally done things like like the food banks too. And it's it's really important for the spirit of that community that the football club exists and continues to exist <laughs> despite the difficulties on and off the pitch for Charlton as well. Odds then, Joe, on Charlton and promotion. Yes, yeah, Samuel will be quite pleased to hear that Charlton are 9-2. to two to win promotion and they are 5-4 to four to make it into the playoffs so in with a great shout I yeah. think Charlton then are doing well hopefully fingers crossed for them in League 1 some of the other results from the weekend Plymouth 3 Bradford 3 there's a, a gap forming between the bottom 4 and, and the rest at the moment both sides in need of a point or 3 or maybe 6 but 3-3 three, three in that one Bradford leading 3 times yeah Incredible, really. I mean, Derek Adams is waxing lyrically about his, his front players. And yeah. when you look at the quality, the individuals have got there now, it's not difficult to see why. I mean, Graham Carey, obviously a player I played with. Uh, Ladapo's in the form of his life. Joel Grant's there as well. So, um, Sasevich as well. They've got some fantastic players going forward. Defensively, I'd actually thought they'd found a formula a few weeks ago. I remember commenting on that, but um, very lacking at, at the weekend. And, and Bradford just cannot... 
defend set pieces. I mean, two corners again, they conceded for Jack Payne, the main source of all their creativity and goals. He got a couple, but I think it's pretty desperate for Bradford. They've got mm. some experience in, but I just think defenders they need more than anything. They've got Caddis that came in and, and Carl Henry as well to bolster the squad, the middle of the pitch, but I think they could really do with some centre-halves. It's going to be a long, hard winter I for mean, David hope, Hopkin. Hopefully not, because it's quite entertaining as a neutral. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, Wickham 1, Barnsley 0, Bristol Rovers 0, Doncaster 4 and Walsall 2, Coventry 1. Some of the select games from League 1. Mm. Either of you like to go anywhere? Well, yeah. On the relegation, by the way, watch out for Scunthorpe. They are hurtling towards the bottom, aren't they? It's been a rotten run. They're bottom of the f- form table. I think they've got four points for the last 10 games, so not, not going well for them. That They're the team that the bottom four have all got their eye on at the moment. The others, you can find reasons to, to think that they'll survive. So, so yeah, that's a problem. I'd like to mention Walsall, just because of their great comeback in injury time, Luke Leahy, he was a Coventry fan, released by Coventry as a kid as well. And he's got a great goal. It was a mistake from Lee Burge, but he's really brave. He nipped in in front of the keeper to score. And then they, they went for it. They got a penalty. And he said he legged it. He said, my GPS would have been off the scale because I just legged it to get the ball. So I, I wanted it because he had the captain's armband at the time. So I guess he pulled rank. And <laughs> what was funny is that he had a mate in the crowd, obviously a big Walsall fan, must hate Coventry as well, who, who, said, who said, if you score, I'm going to run on the pitch. And... He said, no, please don't. Please don't do it. And he scores in the 94th minute from the, from the penalty spot. And who does he see as he runs off to celebrate? His mate ran onto the pitch. So so quite quite a nice story there. I don't know if they got to got to hug it out or not or whether they were accosted by the stewards. But, um, but yeah, great win. Um, Keats apparently made a good tactical switch there during the game to turn things around. So, so also it's been a bit of a sort of fair to middling season so far, hasn't mm. it? But um, well think, done there. Switch think, places in the table. I think that can be quite emotive. Uh, scoring against the team you either played for, supported, or from the the, the town. I, I did it against QPR. I've shown Adrian the goal actually, and uh, yeah, I, went, I did, didn't recognise him because he had dark hair. I, 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 I'm yeah. still not convinced it's you. I, I told you about my fair hair turning to dark last week's podcast. You should listen back, Adrian. <laughs> I've covered that ground, um, but yeah, it can be a bit. It can be an emotive thing. So it was quite interesting to see him going going ballistic. Well, when you've been released by a club, even if the club you support, when you've been let go by a club. I'm sorry, but of course you want to turn them over, and of course you will. You will celebrate, right? I mean, that's oh, yeah, that's yeah, part of for the course. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so they, they, I don't blame him, but um, yeah, imagine Coventry fans were, were absolutely spewing at that one. Why are Wickham so bloody brilliant? Asks many. <laughs> I wanted to be nice about Gareth Ainsworth because I mocked his um, his shirt having too many buttons undone. But no, that's that's a um, club record sixth consecutive home win, and I think he's becoming a bit tired about people thinking they're one-dimensional because Akin Fenwa has been missing throughout this brilliant period that they've had so they're showing that they've got different facets of the game playing on the counter with loads of pace and one of the loanees Randall Williams with the goal and that's what's going to be important about this Wickham run what happens in January because they've got not only him but um, Onyedimma as well and Bryn Morris who was a sub at the weekend but another one of those Shrewsbury good young players so very important that he can keep hold of them. He is doing an amazing job, though, Gareth Ainsworth. And I spoke about them a little bit last week, but there's just such a togetherness like that. Like the old Wimbledon spirit you get with Wickham. He's getting a tune out of some players who are probably punching above their weight at that level, to be honest. Gareth Ainsworth to Bolton. Joe, odds? Don't do that. Or, um, don't, don't, no chance. Don't, don't do it, Gareth. Yeah, no, no chance. chance. That would be the message. Stay, yeah, stay where you are, mate. Uh, relegation odds from League One. 
teams that we have talked about. Bradford, one to five. Scunthorpe, keep your eyes on them. Six to five, fifth favourites to go down. Top four in the betting alongside Bradford. Plymouth, four to 11. Wimbledon, eight to 13. And Bristol Rovers at even money. Into League Two. Defeat for Sol Campbell in his first league game in charge of Macclesfield, which leaves us thinking if every Macclesfield game will now be all about how often we mention Sol. Very much like Harry Kewell's Crawley TM. At the other end of the table, leaders MK Dons reinforced their position with a 2-0 win over Carlisle. All the top five sides won. Mansfield 2, Notts County nil. I know is one you're keen to keep an eye on, Sam Parkin. Mansfield boss... David Flickroft has likened the lack of patience shown towards managers in modern football to the dating app Tinder. <laughs> Are you swiping left or right for David Flickroft at the moment? Didn't he get it wrong, though? He said yeah. the wrong direction, didn't he, on the swiping? Obviously, I spent a bit of time with David Flickroft, not through I Tinder. Thought, I thought you were going to say I spent a bit of time on Tinder. But, um, Honestly, I, which way do you swipe? No, seriously. I can't remember, but oh, I have spent yeah. a bit of time oh, on yeah. that. <laughs> Don't deny it. I, know. I didn't deny it I once. Was, I was agreeing. I was looking at Adrian. Listen. <laughs> um, Sorry. His I'm hair, a... his Tinder. Go on. No, listen to me. I'm very much in agreement. <laughs> uh, Mansfield, yeah. then. Yeah. Still just the one defeat yeah. so far this season. Yeah. And having watched David Flickroft's side at, at Swindon a lot, I think it's a different style of play at Mansfield, playing a little bit more... Really good balance in the midfield. Mellis, young kid at good, Chelsea, very good player. And he's got Bishop, older statesman, and Elschnick, who he had at Swindon. He's on loan from Derby. Really technically a good player. So it's not really a team that I'd maybe associate with Flickcroft and, and Futcher, but they're doing fantastically well. This is a big game as well in that part of the world. 2-0 um, over there, rivals, a difficult one. For Ardley coming in. But On, or Danny asks at the Totally Show, rough start for Ardley with the Derby defeat to Mansfield. How do you rate Notts County's prospects of avoiding relegation for what it's worth? He says, I'm cautiously optimistic that he'll get enough out of the squad to manage it. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I just think that decline's been there throughout the season. The confidence levels are, are gone. I suppose a glimmer of hope from the weekend, glimmer of light, sorry, Stead playing back in the team. Hemmings coming on had an impact. I know Neil Ardy didn't want to throw him on really for, for as long as he actually played for. So I don't know. Again, like Wickham, I just spoke about keeping hold of their players. Neil Ardy's going to have to identify where they need to improve and, and get some more bodies in, which is probably tough on Hardy considering, considering he spent again in the summer. But I, I just think it's a club that's in big trouble at the moment. I mean, that would be huge if they were relegated out of the Football League. It's not It's not beyond the realms of possibility, not the way that they're going. And I think they'll be all right. They've probably got their eye on a couple of clubs above them. Cambridge are obviously one managerless at the moment, but also Yeovil. We're talking about teams that are spiralling sort of out of control. It's a, is this strange or not? Talk to me about it. Darren Way mm. signs a new two-year extension in November in the middle of a run where they're, they're not winning games. Didn't really get why that that happened. That losing streak is continuing. I think it's one win in the last 12 now. Um, The fans are not turning up. They're sort of record low, I think, just over 2,000 against Port Vale recently. Just just strange times at Yeovil. And and I know they were getting on Darren Way's back last year. I get the feeling they're getting on his back again at the moment or simply staying away. This this just after he's, he's signed a new deal. And, of course, it wouldn't have helped that they threw away one goal lead against 10-man Forest Green at the weekend. So, concerning times, I'd, I'd suggest that Hewish Park and, and Notts County will probably look at them and think, 
they're a team they might be able to catch. A bit of news in the last half hour. Swindon appointing Paul Jewell as their director of football. Yeah, well, when Wellen's got that job, I thought that was the, the link because the owner, Lee Power, is an old friend of, I think, an old teammate maybe of Paul Jewell as well. So, mm. And those two work together, Jewell and, and Wellens are old and albeit briefly. So I, I'm sure Richie Wellens is on board, probably knew that that was going to be an appointment that was going to happen. On the pitch, three wins on the on the spin. Swindon two, Newport one. Yeah, and the supporters obviously just going on what they're saying. I think they're really happy with the the recent games. Michael Doughty doesn't half make a difference to Swindon. He, he's the most creative player. He gives them a calmness which, in League Two, you need because the ball spends a lot of time in the air. So when it is down there, you need someone to protect it for you, play some important passes. He made a lovely assist and, and got a goal. And the other goal scorer, uh, Woolery, who did brilliantly for Forest Green, not happened at Swindon at all. No. I think that's his first start of the season and he got a goal. So if he remains fit and Doughty in the team, they're not a bad shout now. Yeah. Up to 10th. Yeah, golden assist, wasn't it, for, for Doughty? Um, can I just mention goal of the weekend, probably in, in League Two, from, from Oldham. Centre half, wasn't it? Peter Clark strode forward through the middle of the pitch. This is at Gresty Road and just, it was a, you talk about screamers goals that the the suit the word screamer this was it it just he just ripped it into the top corner 36 he said so it's the best goal of his career I'm surprised yeah mm. absolutely Notts County then are they going down Joe Crilly the odds kind of suggest yes um and I say that because Macclesfield are miles ahead at the top of the betting they're uh, at three to ten which is a just a shade. Uh, shorter, the uh, shade longer than uh, one to three, um, but then you get to a, a group of teams that are all pretty much the same price. Uh, Notts County are two to one, Morecambe just a half a point bigger at uh, nine to four, and Grimsby again a half a point bigger at a hundred to thirty. So uh, it it certainly looks like a um, a, a three horse race to fill that last spot. Championship kicks off on Friday. Sheffield United against West Brom. Saturday, we've got Villa, Stoke, Bolton, Leeds, Joe. Loads of easy ones coming up for Bolton. Oh, dear. That's enough. <laughs> uh, Ipswich, Wigan, will the win come? Preston, Millwall, QPR, Middlesbrough, Rotherham, Reading, Swansea, Sheffield, Wednesday, Bristol City, Norwich. The weekend ends with a party that is Derby, Nottingham, Forest in the Championship. Anyone want to go to any of those? Yes. Derby, Forest, yeah. To finish the weekend, Monday night, yeah, I mean, Derby got up, we've, we've spoken about Marriott, I mean, he's in fantastic form, help by sending off at Wigan at the weekend, but I thought Notts Forest played relatively well in that first half against Preston, and I don't think they'll be the last team to succumb to a good defensive performance from Preston, because uh, as Adrian said, they're, they're really organised, and he's a good manager, Alex Neil. but perfect opportunity for Forrest to to respond and get back on the good track that they've been on because I, I fancy Forrest I've said it a few times I think that they've got enough strength in depth to, to force their way into the playoff reckoning yeah the other one that catches my eye is uh, Villa Stoke because obviously Villa are flying but the Stoke are, are quietly creeping up aren't they uh, Ince is playing well Allen's playing well they've got a number of their key men that are, that are in good form this will be the test if they can go to Villa Park and pull off a good result then we should probably consider your team Caroline was it your team at the start Stoke? I don't know which one <laughs> That. Consider your Stoke as as possible dark horses. We all had Brentford in the playoffs. <laughs> We're all at fault. Uh, Derby Nottingham Forest then ends the weekend in the Championship. League One and two Portsmouth Charlton's tonight as we speak. Charlton Wimbledon at the weekend. Remember to bring your food. 
in League Two, Cambridge, Yeovil, Carlisle, Colchester, Forest Green Rovers, Mansfield, Grimsby, Swindon. Newport have got that big FA Cup replay. Apparently their Christmas party was cancelled this weekend. They're up against Milton Keynes. Who wants to go anywhere? What about Oldenberry? Because that's a local derby. Very fantastically well. I think Ryan Lowe, manager of the month, and O'Shea was the, the player of the month, and, and obviously they beat Exeter, which... Exeter, the wheels have come off there a little bit, but Bury another fantastic home victory. They're brilliant at home, goals throughout the team, and Oldham doing a lot better under Frankie Bunn. So much speculation about his future a month or so ago, and I think those two FA Cup victories against non-league opposition has just turned it around for him so that looks like a quite an attractive game yeah, I kind of want to make a noise because with Exeter I do sort of want to talk about the fact whether the wheels have come off that they've got a bit of a sticky yeah, on, on that I've got a friend that watches him week in week out he says that he ran boating the central midfielder has been out for almost the entirety of this dodgy run of theirs he's a really key player in the centre of the park got good energy good legs and quality so I think he's still a few weeks away from a return so Exeter praying for his comeback Barnsley Pompey is obviously the biggie isn't it Yeah. in League One uh, Barnsley wobbling a bit I think obviously it wasn't a good result at Wickham Portsmouth uh, just relentless aren't they so that'd be interesting. And Macclesfield at home to Crawley, obviously with a good chance. Of, this is the one that, that Sol Campbell will be eyeing up. First home win potentially because Crawley, it's not really happening for them at the moment. Do follow us at The Totally Show, not least because Friday night's karaoke night. Joe, you're doing which song? It's a toss-up between Dr. Dre and some 41. Can we put a vote up for that as to which one Joe Critty should do? <laughs> Adrian Clark, who apparently once was phoned up to ask if he'd do a Neil Diamond concert. Mm. Yeah, Neil Diamond impersonator, yeah. It's a little, little sideline of mine. Don't like to talk about it, but um, you'll, you'll hear... You'll hear and probably, watch it. Yeah, you'll when hear and watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sweet Caroline, obviously. I'll, I'll dig that one out for you. Oh, 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 Sam Parkin? Uh, Deacon Blue, Real Gone Kid. Four really? out of ten. Yeah, I, I, Joe's definitely in the cool stakes out of all three of you. Don't know what I'm singing yet. They clearly won't be singing anything. Thank you for all your questions. Thank you to Dave and to Samuel for coming on too. To Adrian, Sam and Joe will be back next Tuesday. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Totally Football League show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com and be sure to check out our other football shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audio Boom, and everywhere else you get your audio on demand. Supporting your team can be a beautiful thing, but then come the injuries, the goal droughts, and the downright disastrous defeats. That's a little bit like life, really. And here at the Totally Football Show, we believe we should all support each other the way we support our team, through the good days and the bad. And that's why we're continuing to work with Calm, the campaign against living miserably, a charity dedicated to preventing male suicide. On average, 12 men take their own life every day in the UK. So that's your starting 11 and your manager every single day. And part of the problem is that many of us still feel uncomfortable talking about mental health and suicide, and this can often stop men from opening up and getting support when they need it the most. So if you're worried that someone close to you is having a tough time, check in with them and let them know that Calm is there. Every day from 5pm till midnight, Calm provide a free, confidential and anonymous helpline and web chat for any man who needs support. Visit thecalmzone.net to find out more about Calm.